someone greater than you. We stand humbled in your presence tonight, knowing that we don't deserve to be in this place. We don't even deserve to be where we're at right now in our lives, Heavenly Father, but you, through your mercy, through your grace, through your favor, Heavenly Father, through your love, through all of those things, we stand right here in this place. Thanking you just for the fact that your your love is here, your grace is here, your presence abounds, your spirit moves upon the waters of this place, Heavenly Father. And for that, we give you all praise and all honor and all glory for you, oh Father, are here. And Lord, for those of us that are here that have burdens on our hearts of all kinds, we lift those burdens up to you, for you are greater, you are our Father. To you we ask, Heavenly Father, because we know that we can stand on the promise that when we ask and when we seek and when we knock, our answers from you will come. The doors will be open and you will make a way. But help us understand, Heavenly Father, that the way that is made is not always the way that we want. It is the way that is going to honor you and help us to accept the answer that you give us in the midst of what we're heading to, Heavenly Father, for healing, for salvation, for the breaking of chains, for relationships, for finances, for this world that is in turmoil, for the news that we hear, Heavenly Father, you are above all of those things and all of those burdens that we carry, we lift up to you. For those of us that walk in today exultant and full of joy, we lift up our ultimate gratitude and praise to you because by your grace and your mercy we stand in victory right now thank you heavenly fathers for the victory that you have given us this week it could be just as simple as having walked through the doors today but for that we give you thanks heavenly father for your good your mercy your love endures forever and ever and we give you thanks heavenly father as we prepare our heart minds and soul to hear the word that you have prepared for us heavenly father but may we hear it in a way that we can understand how it came to be how it applies in our life right now and how it will apply in our life in the days and the weeks and the months and the years to come that it not just be the lesson that applies now but it be the lesson that we carry with us as we walk out these doors We thank you, Lord, for your wisdom and knowledge that you have given to us, that you are going to give to us in this place. We lift up all honor and glory to you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen and amen. Isn't it good to be in this house? Come on, sing. There is no one. There is no one.
it's just awesome to worship with you. It's good to be back worshiping with the family that we call New Beginnings. Could you turn to someone and just welcome them into the house of God, into the family of New Beginnings tonight? Yeah, this is it's a little weird. Yeah, it felt felt a little off. Well, I mean, I don't know. The axis was off. We already were a little off. That's right, we did. What's happening, family? Woo, that was good. Woo, that we could breathe easy, right? There was no one higher. Breathe easy. What's up, Rox? Never failed. Want to give you a high five? Hey, church, we want to welcome you uh, into His house. Uh, Young people, be dismissed. Uh, If you're in, in in our youth group. We want to make sure that uh, you head on over. This is going to be just an amazing lesson that uh, Brother David has in store and awesome activities. So if you haven't yet, please be dismissed. Uh, church, we want, to, uh, we want to talk to you about just a couple of things. But first, if you're here for the first time, we want to we would just thank you for visiting us. Any first-time visitors in this house tonight? Raise a hand. Yeah. Amen. Welcome, my welcome. sis. Yes. Welcome. Uh, any first, oh, amen, welcome, 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 amen. Man, we have a lot of first-time visitors. We want to give um, a disclaimer for our first-time visitors. <laughs> Michael and I are really normal people. <laughs> and I want all of you... Normal is not how we would describe it. We are, in fact, normal. They somehow yeah. still give us a mic to give you guys these messages, important messages. <laughs> they somehow still release the mic to us. I have to tell you, I very much enjoy having a chat with you guys when I get to come up here. How about you, Mike? Me too. Yeah. I'm going right. to keep it short and sweet. All right. Church, listen, we want to talk to you about something so important. I know we just touched on it a little bit. We, we had dismissed our uh, our young people. Yep. Uh, but church, uh, hey, look, youth camp is coming up. It's in the scope already. It's within reach. And matter of fact, the registration, registration. is open. Registration open. is open, yeah. y'all, So, church, uh, if, you had, if you have young people that are with you tonight, uh, they're going to be talking a little bit about youth camp out there in our, in our youth group and what that means. But, church, look, uh, at New Beginnings, we have such a passion for outreach, right? What's Roxy, we always talk about is reach up, reach in, and reach, reach out. out. That's what we do. Uh, and no matter what age, whether you're at the latter part or the early early stages of life it doesn't matter there's always something for you to be a part of right youth camp is one of those things that we do for our young children now y'all adults us adults we may be y'all all adults did you adults. just say y'all adults i didn't want to be an adult just yet you see that i didn't want to be an adult us adults this is legitimate gray hair um we sometimes get all caught up on the fact that our life is hard because we have bills to pay and you know we have to get things done and dinner to make. But let me tell you that what youth are going through 
you can remember that far back, are fundamental life decisions that, that are going to change the course of their life from that point forward. And we want to make sure that when they make those decisions, they make it based on a biblical foundation and yeah. not the way some of my decisions were made, which was like, how do I feel right now? That's not the way we want them to make their decisions. But I know I've made those mistakes and I don't want any of the youth of this church to make that same mistake. So that's what church right. camp, youth camp is about, teaching them how to that's not right. make that mistake. That's right. We build their spiritual life and we uh, encourage them and we continue to edify their spiritual foundation. So church, this year, uh, we're going to be talking about counterculture. You and I need to remember that it's important to go against the grain of today's culture. Amen. Biblically, right? Biblical word. Of course. And so you and I, in Romans 12 too, it tells us to not be conformed to the patterns of this world, right? Don't be conformed to the patterns of this world. And I believe our youth these days uh, have, not just them, right? We have all lost touch of that uh, with uh, these smart devices that are always in our face. And it's constantly just pulling us in one direction. But it's up to you and I to pull ourselves out of there. And us, we're going to pull our young people and talk to them about biblical foundation and how what it means to live a counter culture life with the fruit of the spirit so church this year that's that's our passion this year and so if you have a young person if you have a a student going into the fourth grade uh during the summertime right so they're probably in third grade right now uh going into the fourth grade next year or maybe they're in uh, their uh, junior year going into their senior year i would love to host them for camp look right outside these doors to my left you're right back out here uh, i was gonna say the joke but it fell flat on sunday didn't they didn't get sunday. it no, so it you, didn't you work didn't, on sunday didn't no work. you know what it was is because you didn't do the hand movements to go with your joke Man, you've know. done hand movements it would have worked but you didn't so you can't do it again here by the youth area we have the banner that really touches on counterculture i called it the counterculture counter that's why and nobody fine. liked it no, but it's fine. fine i'm not hurt about it at all at all Look, stop by the counter. We have some brochures, some information for you. If, you. if you're wondering about cost, yes, there is a cost involved. What is it? Talk to us at the counterculture counter. If, hey, Again. <laughs> see, I love this crowd. Dude, these guys get it. They're laughing at the fact that it's so bad. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Don't worry. I'll take the laugh. Don't worry about it. Hey, look, if you're wondering what it's all about, what kind of activities like the zip lining, right, archery tag, uh, we talked about on Sunday about... Um, we call that that it's the shaving cream war that our pastor started a long, long time ago. We could also call it cream the pastor. Cream. They, we used to call it pastor the plaster, but yeah. whatever. Plaster Look, the pastor. it's just an amazing time for the kids. That, of course, there's always fun, but man, we take it so so serious yeah. to lead these these young people into and steer them and rear them into this direction of saying, man, you have a calling on your life. You have a purpose in your life counter what the world is telling you you have a calling you have a biblical and a god-given purpose in your life and so church many of us in the next coming weeks you're going to meet some of the if you will alumni of our summer youth program summer camp uh, program did i do what he did to me (laughs) alumni it felt flat i did but church look you're gonna meet some of us we grew up some of us that were lucky enough to grow up in this church from like this high right you're going to meet some of us and you'll hear the stories of how we came into ministry. Many of us are in ministry, are in leadership and are in pastorship because 
we started out. The lessons that we learned. You did, right? Pastor Wood, who started this camp over 50 years ago. Pastor Richard, who made a covenant agreement with Pastor Wood saying, I will keep this going. And we have made that agreement saying, Pastor, I promise we will keep this going. That's right. Right? They make such a difference. I didn't grow up in the church of God, but I did grow up in a church that had youth camp as well. And it was in the same place. And I personally knew Pastor Wood as well. So I feel like I went to the right youth camp anyway. Amen. But I'll tell you the life lessons that you learn there that you carry through the rest of your life are so fundamentally important. Yeah. Um, and for those of you who no longer have kids in your home, like me, my kids have run away from me. They just call when they need money. But I love them. Um, but I, I encourage you, even if you don't have kids, to find a way to support some kids. Maybe it's your grandkids. Maybe yeah. it's your neighbors. Maybe you don't know anybody. Maybe you can just donate some money for kids who can't afford to go right. and have their parents pay for camp. Just find a way to reach out into lives. We are a giving church. And I know and believe that every single child who wants to go to youth camp should go. And I encourage all of you to help make that happen. I mean, church, and how do you do that? Look. If you just grab an envelope and maybe you have like an extra $5 or $2, it doesn't matter, right? We always say it from this platform. We say the drip will always fill the bucket. And maybe you have 2 or $3 or maybe, maybe you want to call the office during the week uh, and you say, I want to donate X amount of dollars to, to help fund one of these kids to go to camp. We would love for you to do that. We would love, love, love for you to do that. Uh, how do you do that? Look, there's a QR code that's going to go behind me and you, that's how you connect with us. That QR code that's behind us is how you connect. So, for instance, maybe our first-time visitors, you want to connect. I would love for our first-time visitors to connect with us and say, hey, I was here for the first time. We would love to connect with you and have you come and, and meet one of the pastors and, and meet with us at the end of this month. And, and we can just kind of fellowship together. You can get to know us a little bit. I don't know, after these announcements. Today, they're going to be like, they're never coming back. I'm, I'm, I'm praying for you two visitors. I'm really legitimately praying. But church, that's how you connect with us. So you can drop off your donation to your summer youth program and put it in an envelope, whether it's cash or maybe you want to make a donation. Um, come and talk to us at the, at the camp table and we would love to help you with that because church, you and I are making such a big difference. And, and, and while we're talking about that, Roxy, right, we're, we're talking about the app. That's how you can register. So if you're wondering how to register, how do we do it, Rox? Yeah. You go to that youth camp. There's a link for youth camp registration. If you don't know how to do that, go to the counterculture counter. counter. I'm going to trademark that. And register for yourself or register for your kids. You can also make payments either through the app or through at the counter. Listen, church, there are so many other announcements. And um, and Michael and I could stand up here and talk for a long time. But remember that this week, yes. uh, you can find them on our website, on our app. This week is uh, mobile food distribution. It's this Friday. We need volunteers for this Friday so we can bless our community with food distribution. There's the things that happen every week, like, I mean, every month, like, men's breakfast and child dedication um, and senior ambassadors are having a potluck. Um, All of these things and so many more are um, the way that our church reaches up to Christ, reaches within our church and reaches out to the community. If you want to find a way to get involved, look at our app, look at our Facebook page, look at our website page, find a way to get involved or call the front office and and they'll they'll find something for you to get involved in. I'm sure of that. Right, Michael? That's right. right. Again, that QR code that's behind me is how to connect with us. And so church, we want to say thank you so much because they're about to get the hook and get us off this platform because pastor has a fire message and I I don't want to take any more time, but church, we love you. Thank you so much for connecting with us. First time visitors want to hear from you. Church, love you. Turn your attention to the screens.
Amen. Family matters. Good to have you here in the house of God. Guys, uh, we've been doing this sermon series called Family Matters, and uh, it's true because families really do matter, and then we have matters concerning the family. And that's what we've been looking at, we've been talking about. Today I want to talk about a subject that applies to everybody, whether you're single or married, uh, because if you're single, you might want to get married someday. And if you're married, I'm hoping you're wanting to stay married and, uh, and, 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 and to uh, help you understand the myths of marriage, uh, because there's a lot of myths in life. There's a lot of myths in life that kind of like motherhood. Uh, when someone's pregnant, then they're, they're all freaking out. It's their first pregnancy. And people tell them, oh, it'll all fall in place. Yeah, it'll all fall. I, I mean, in a place, <laughs> but not necessarily in place. But see, there's myths of marriage. People just go into marriage and, and, and they, they're all lovey-dovey and hunky-dory and everything's peachy-creamy. And, and I, I, I always joke around, kind of, sort of, but it's the truth. When I do premarital counseling, the room I do it in, you know, we have three chairs and I really ought to just put two chairs, one for me and one for them. Because they're all in love and they're premarital and... They both sit in one chair on top of each other, and I'll, you know, and, and, and then about a month or two after the wedding, they're in there, and they're on the other chair, and they don't even want to hold hands, and I go, well, let's hold hands to pray. I'll hold your hand, Pastor, and you're holding his, and you're holding hers, so that counts, and I'm like, wow, okay, because... There's myths about marriage, and we just think it's all going to fall in place. But, but marriage, I always say there's three things that are the most important things in your life, and they kind of function like this, okay? When you come to know Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, that's the greatest, greatest relationship you will ever have. And if you're fortunate to fall in love with someone to spend the rest of your life with, that's the second greatest relationship you will ever have. And then if you have children, oh my goodness gracious, what an amazing journey that is, an amazing joy that is. But all three of those relationships, as amazing as they are, they're the hardest things in the world to maintain. Your relationship with God, because we botch it all up. Your relationship with your spouse, because let's face it, our husband or our wife, they're idiots. And no, <laughs> we are too. In other words, we're, we're childish. And then our relationship with our children, because parenting is challenging, and, it's, and it takes work. So I want to talk about myths of, ma of marriage. And myth number one is that marriage is easy. Oh, marriage is easy. It's a piece of cake. Oh, my gosh. Man, my mom and dad have been married 45 years. But you've never looked close enough to see the 45 stab wounds or bullet holes that they have. That The challenges, now all kidding aside, you know, people, Sydney and I just celebrated in October 45 years of marriage, okay? And, and, and I've said it before, thank you, Jesus, and thank you all, but 
Two of those years, I wouldn't wish on anybody. They were literally the most horrible years of our life. And people say, how did you guys make it? And how have you been married 45 years? I say, when Cindy has the gun, I have the bullets. And when I have the gun, she has the bullets. Because don't ever give your spouse the ammunition. Because when you give someone the ammunition, you know what? They will use it. They will use it. Think about it. When you act like a dummy, what do they throw in your face when you acted like a dummy? They, they use the ammunition you gave them. And, and marriage is amazing journey, bringing two lives into one. And, but it's, I always say there's four people that get married, and I've said this before, and here it goes again. There's a man and a woman that fall in love and get married, and they love each other. They would kill for each other. They would take a bullet for each other. They would use a bullet to protect each other. They love each other. And then there's a little boy inside that man and a little girl inside that woman that are brats. And they throw tantrums. That's my remote. Give me that. I want this. I want, and, and are, are you with me? And all of you that are married, come on, if that's true, say amen. Amen. Man, did you hear some of them say, hey, man? <laughs> like, and, and they hit their wife or they hit their husband. Just broke their ribs. But see, marriage is not easy, but it's definitely possible. And marriage can be a lot of fun. But the problem is people don't seem to enjoy it. They get their feelings hurt right away. The little boy comes out. The little girl comes out. In marriage, it's important to have thick skin and a tender heart. We usually have thin skin and a hardened heart. So everything hurts us. What do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? I know it. I can see those eyes. Those, how they say in Spanish, ojos de huevo. Ojos de huevo mean eyes of eggs. It's when you roll your eyes so far back, all you see is the white of your eyes. And you're like, I know what that means. I know what that, I know what that smack meant. And, and so marriage is challenging. It's not easy. In the book of Ephesians chapter 5, it says in verse 24 and 25, as the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands in everything. For husbands, this means love your wives. Just as Christ loved the church and he gave up his life for her. So man, it's saying this is hardcore. There's nothing easy about that. It's not easy to submit to someone. It's not easy to submit. First of all, we don't even understand what submission means. Submission is not becoming a doormat and you're trampled on and stomped all over. Submission doesn't mean you're, you're someone's slave and, and get over here and you got to do this and you got to. That's not what that means. 
Submission is coming under the covering of your husband. Your husband is offering a covering that's welcoming, and you welcome, he welcomes you under that covering, and you go, oh my gosh, I love you so much. You're so wonderful the way you're covering me with your protection and your love and your grace and your mercy, your forgiveness and your kindness. You're covering me, and because you're offering that covering so welcoming, I gladly come under it. So your wife will submit to it. Now, see, that's not always easy. Because a wife will go, why do you want me under the covering? Why are you being so nice? What happened? What did you do now? Everything is being psychoanalyzed. Everything is being analyzed. And then husbands, it says, love your wife as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her. We're supposed to die for our wife. I'm not going to die. This is my night to watch the TV. Can't die, can't I'm going to die. I'm going to have the last tortilla. I'm not going to die for her. Are, are, are you with me? We get childish, and it's hard, and all of a sudden, marriage that should be easy gets all technical and hard, and now you get hardened, and life will make you bitter or better, and now you're all bitter, and, and, and before it used to be, I, I, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, you're talking to your girlfriend. Now, hold on, hold on. Yeah, I got to go. I got to go. My boyfriend's calling me. I got to go. I got to go. Bye. Hey, babe. Now he calls you. Oh, is someone calling? Yeah, it's just my husband. He can wait. I'll just talk to him later when he gets home. Man, what happened? How about her when she would call you? Uh, my babe's checking on me. What's up, baby? Yeah, I'm almost out of work. Yeah. What are you doing? You're making dinner for me? Orale, babe, I love you, hon. Wow, I can't wait to see you. Ooh, I'm going to get you and I'm going to squeeze you. Eee, you're going to be like the Pillsbury Doughboy. Orale, just saw that. going all over the place. And now she called you? Yeah, what do you want now? Yeah, 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 I'm on my way home. I'm almost there. You better have the food ready. Wow, what happened? See, marriage isn't easy when you keep you in the middle of it. Marriage becomes easy when you keep Jesus in the middle of it. You've got to keep him in the middle. Because, man, God has a way of pulling you together instead of you drifting apart. God has a way of healing the thing instead of you guys tearing it down. God does this. He gives himself to you. So marriage isn't easy, but I'm telling you, it could sure be fun when you have Jesus right there. The second myth is that conflict is not normal and unhealthy. Conflict is not normal. We should never, ever, ever have any problems in our marriage. And you know what? It's not healthy at all. Well, that's really not true. Because let me tell you something. Most marriages, you have totally two different people that came together. What do they say? Opposites attract. 
And you know what the reality is? Opposites attract. Because you don't normally marry somebody just like you. Can you imagine if you married somebody just like you? That'd be scary. For us that know you, that'd be scary. It'd be like, oh my gosh, you mean your husband's always all sourpuss also? also? You mean to tell me your wife's always all genosa, all mad and blah, blah, blah? You mean to tell me your husband's always all wired up, talking a million miles an hour? You mean to tell me your wife's always, are you with me? No, but you have a, a, a balance. You have a balance. You have a balance of, of being able to connect and be able to share. And, 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 and sometimes, because you're different from your wife and you're different from your husband, there's conflict. It doesn't always click. It's like, look, if you guys haven't had dinner, the biggest argument's going to be after church. So where do you want to go? I don't care. Where do you want to go? I don't care. You just want to go right here to Del Taco? I don't want a Del Taco. <laughs> or you want Raising Canes? I don't want Raising Canes. Well, you want across the street? You want Chick-fil-A? I Chick-fil-A. Oh, my gosh. Well, you want, uh, uh, the, uh, let me see, where you want a uh, hot dog? How about you want to just go to Wienerschnitzel? Oh, my God. You, man, it turned into a big old fight every Sunday. Well, I thought we'd just go home for lunch. Oh, you mean you want me to cook again? I've been cooking all week. <laughs> I mean, nothing seems to work. Everything becomes a conflict. Like right now, we, we have the weirdest weather in New Mexico, okay? I mean, it's been like today. We woke up, the mountains are full of snow. It didn't snow in the city, but we had rain all morning. Thunder, lightning, the whole nine yards. And then all of a sudden, you came out, and people had their jacket on, and it's cold. And then by 11 o'clock, they're taking their jacket off, and it's, it's, it was 50 degrees. And it got up to, I think, 60 today. And then it went down now to 30. You're like, what in the world? So coming to church tonight, one of you turns the heater on. I, it's hot, man. Why do you, you turn the heater on? That's why in some cars you could have one temperature on one side and one on the other. The guy that invented that wanted to settle the fight with his wife. <laughs> because there's, it's like, oh, my gosh. And do we have to go out to dinner afterwards? Well, why not? Okay, let's not go. We're not going out to dinner. And then somebody goes, hey, you guys want to join us? Oh, yeah, let's go. I thought we were going out for dinner. I, I, conflict. Conflict. We need to have the kids in bed by 8 o'clock. Ah, 8 o'clock, that's way too early. Let's, let them stay up till 9, 9.30. But they have to get up super early for school. I mean, are you with me? Everything turns into conflict. It's little stuff. And we don't think it's normal. It's very normal. Look, how many times do you have conflict with yourself? Uh, what should I wear today? I know, yeah. Even guys, come on, man. You're, you're, oh, man, I forgot. 
oh, I can't wear this today. I have to go. Oh, okay. And we're conflicted with ourselves. Can you imagine with each other? But some people, nope, nope, conflict isn't normal. Where you're never, the Bible even tells us in the book of Proverbs, chapter 27, verse 17, it says that iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. In other words, Cindy has made me a better man with her strengths, but even with her weaknesses. And I have made her a better woman with my strengths and my weaknesses. Now, let me explain that. When I think I'm doing really good, man, I've been a good husband. I've been loving and caring, and I'm just doing great. And I think, oh, man, they don't make husbands any better than me. Yeah, I'm the man. Are you with me? You know some of you guys think like that, and some of you ladies do too. And then all of a sudden your husband does something or your wife does something, and you get all crazy. You know what? You ought to say, wow, Lord, thank you for my husband or my wife that I just got all crazy because it reminded me that I'm not there yet. I still need work. I'm still coming along. So don't blame it on your wife or your husband. Ah, you make me get crazy. No, she might do some things that kind of stir the pot, but you know what? You're choosing to get crazy. You're the one choosing to bite the dog and kick the cat and knock a hole in the wall. Are you with me? So see, we've got to understand that conflict is normal, but there's a way to handle it. See, it says it's unhealthy. It can be unhealthy. Look what happened in the book of Acts chapter 15. You have Paul the Apostle who wrote 13 books of the Bible, of the New Testament, and Barnabas. And his name is Encourager. He's an encourager. And, and, and in verse 37 through 39 of Acts 15, it says, Barnabas agreed and wanted to take along John Mark. Now, they were going on a missionary trip. And Paul said, hey, let's go on this missionary trip. And Barnabas said, yeah, cool. I'm going to bring John Mark, though. And Paul disagreed strongly since John Mark had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in their work. So John Mark dropped the ball, and Paul's uptight. He's like, no, 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 this dude doesn't, uh, I'll be there, I'll be there. He's not even there. All of us have had somebody to do that to us, right? But man, Paul's like, no, I don't want to. And their disagreement was so sharp that they separated. So Barnabas and Paul are now going in different directions. Barnabas took John Mark with him and sailed for Cyprus. So it's like, man, what's going on there? They got all so uptight that they went in different directions. Sometimes when you're not agreeing with your spouse, that can be healthy, but it could also be unhealthy how you handle it. The best thing to do is say, time out, time out, time out. We got a conflict here, and you know what? It's starting to get crazy. It's starting to get heated. It's starting to get ugly. Time out. We need to take a, a, a little breather, take a deep breath, and go to our own separate corner and calm down. Calm down. 
Because you know what? It could get really ugly. Paul addressed this in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26 and 27. He says, don't sin by letting anger control you. So see, he's saying you're going to get angry at times, but don't let it get you into sin. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. So he's saying, don't do that because the devil gets his foot in there and then the devil gets his foot in there and now you're all uptight. Uh, she ate the last tortilla. She knew I still had some chile there to eat that last scoop it up. Oh, man. Golly, I wonder what else she ate. I wonder what else she took it from me. I wonder what else. And, and now everything, you're scoping each other out. I can't believe he did that. I can't believe, I can't believe... And next thing you know, we're analyzing each other because we literally think that there's never conflict in a marriage. Oh, we must be, oh, oh my gosh. Look, when you get into an argument, don't ever you start using words like divorce. Don't ever start using words like separation. Don't ever start using words like I hate you. You're upset, you're uptight, but calm down, chill out, grow up, and deal with it. But don't be childish. Don't let that little girl come out, that little boy come out, because it will literally tear your marriage apart. Because conflict does take place. And conflict can be strengthening for your marriage, because you go, wow, man, I didn't realize I still had that in me. Wow, man, Cindy, you stirred me up, and I thought, man, why are you like that? But I found out I'm the one that's reacting like this. Wow, Richard, I, I, I didn't know I still had that in me. I'm the one reacting like this. You see, we need to realize that there's conflict in life. Conflict happens. That's why you have referees in a sporting event, umpires. You have people that are going to keep the rules of engagement clear so they don't get all muffled. Amen? So it's important that we understand that. Now, a third myth is I can fix my spouse and their problems. I could change him. I could change her. I've said it before, the only thing you could change on your husband is his diaper or her diaper. In other words, you can't change anybody. If we could change people, wouldn't we have changed them by now? If we had the people that power to change people, wouldn't we change them? Sometimes people are all grumpy. Wouldn't you, if you had the power to change them, wouldn't you go, be happy? I know I would. Now, sometimes we try to make them happy, and we try to kind of joke around, and, and, and sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. Why? Because you can't change anybody. Only God can change somebody. And we get this crazy notion, like, really, you're going to marry him still having that issue? You're going to marry her still having that issue? I Once we're married, I'll, 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 I'll get her to change. I'll get him to change. No, nothing changes, man. It gets worse. I'm telling you, you've got to realize that what you see is 
what you get unless the Lord gets a hold of them because Jesus Christ can transform someone. He's the transformer. He can totally change them. He can make them new. Look, in Matthew chapter 7, verse 3, it says right there, and why, it says, why worry about the speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? He's saying, why are you so concerned about the other person when you're not dealing with you? And that's what it's talking about there. Don't think you could change anyone. If anyone needs a change, it's probably you. So focus on you. See what you need to change. See what you need to do. See what you need to really come before the Lord and say, Lord, here I am. Examine me, Lord. Show me anything that's wrong, Lord. Show me, point out anything that I have done to offend you. Show me anything that I've done to offend my husband or my wife. Show me anything I've done, Lord. Just show me. Because, Lord, you know what? I realize that I can really be messed up, and I can really be dumb at times, and I can really do some really, really dumb things. Now, in the book of Psalms 139, I didn't plan on using this, but here it goes in Psalm 139, verse 23 and 24. David's saying, search me, O God. See, instead of trying to fix your husband and wife, say, search me. And know my heart. Show me my heart, because you know my heart. You know if I'm playing little games with my husband or my wife. You know if I'm there manipulating the situation. You know if I'm trying to twist it my way in my favor. He goes, and test me. Test me. Show me, Lord. Show me and test me. In other words, God, call me on it. And know my thoughts. Man, if you're going to ask God that, that's pretty heavy duty. You're coming clean, man. You're saying, God, here it is. And then look what he says. Point out anything in me that offends you. Man, don't ever ask anyone that. If you ever ask your wife or your husband, hey, do I ever do anything that offends you? You better be ready for the answer. Because you just asked a loaded question. And if they say yes, as a matter of fact, when you do this, then you might go, I'll cry baby. Oh, oh, well, how about you when you do that? Well, I didn't ask you what I do that offends you. You asked me. See, be careful, but see, you've got to realize you can't change anyone and you can't fix their problems. You can't fix your husband or your wife. You could give them advice. You can help them, come alongside of them, and sometimes things will really work really wonderful and other times they won't. And it says, and it goes on to say, show me anything that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Show me where I need to go. Show me where I need to be. Show me how I stay right with you. Show me, God, because you know what? I'm living in this crazy facade that I literally think I could change my husband. I could change my wife. I could change my son or daughter, brother, sister, friend, neighbor, my parent. I could change. You can't even change you. 
That's why you've been coming before God saying, God, please, God, change me. I'm a mess. God, we say the prayer of Paul. God, I don't know what's wrong with me. The things I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, I find myself doing. God, this wretched person that I am, what's wrong with me? You see, we cannot fix anyone else's problems. We have to bring them before the Lord. In the book of James, chapter 1, verse 19 and verse 20, it says, Understand this, my dear brother and sister. You must all be quick to listen. Did you hear that? No, I was talking. I was distracted. Be quick to listen. Slow to speak. Sometimes we don't hear our husband or our wife because we already have this preconceived idea of what they're going to say, and we're in this conflict, and we're trying not to really even listen because we're already preparing our argument, and we're already preparing our defense. And so they said something, and we go, yeah, I got them here. And you're already preparing what you want to say, so you're not even listening. And it says, and slow to speak, but instead we can't wait to jump out and tell them how they're wrong and tell them what we really think. And it says, and slow to get angry, saying, chill out, calm down. Because there's a lot of anger in marriages today. There's a lot of frustration in relationships today. Look, I know I keep saying marriage, but you might not be married. But if you're in a relationship and you wonder why things, take note. Take note. Because I'm telling you, your girlfriend or your boyfriend or your husband or your wife can really be childish at times. Because so can you. And it's important that we realize I can't fix someone else. I can help them, but I can't fix them. In James chapter 1, verse 19, we just read it, be slow to get angry. And then verse 20 says, human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. In other words, God doesn't make you right standing with all your messed upness. He makes you right, and he makes you stronger, and he changes you when you submit to him, and you listen, and you stay quiet, and you don't get crazy, and you do it the way he wants you to. And that's not always easy, is it? Because God says sometimes, calm down. I know your wife is wrong, but calm down. Let me take her to the woodshed. I know your husband thinks he's right, but he's not. But I'll tell him. Let me tell him instead of you. See, God has a way of dealing with us better than our spouse does. Amen? God has a way of dealing with us better than our boyfriend or girlfriend or whomever. And that's why it's so important that we do it his way and not ours. That way, look at it him his way and not ours. So we have to understand that marriage isn't easy. Marriage isn't without conflict. You can't fix your spouse. And, and, and the fourth myth, myth is my marriage can never change. I'm stuck. It'll never change. 
I'm stuck with this bozo. I, I thought I married a hero, and he turned out to be a zero. I thought she was, she was the greatest wonder woman, and now I just wonder, wonder, wonder about this woman. See, we, 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 get, we get conflicted, and then we think, ooh, forget it. Forget it. I say, I already took a vow. I'm never going to get divorced. But you move out of the marriage. You live in separate bedrooms. You see each other in the hallway. Hey, what's up? What's up? You see each other in the kitchen. All right, here. Hi. Hi. Here's your bills. Okay, here's yours. You move out of the marriage. See, because you are convinced that nothing could change. And sometimes you don't even think you could change. See, you came to church tonight. You go, I don't even know why I came to church because I don't, nothing's going to change. And who, of all things, he's talking about marriage. Uh, now you're looking at your friend that brought you. Oh, you set me up, huh? You know I'm having trouble. You know my wife's all jacked up. You know my husband's all jacked up. That's why you brought me to church tonight. You didn't know what I was going to preach on. But you see, it's because you think nothing will ever change. You won't change. Your wife won't change. Your husband won't change. Nothing. Nobody has to change anymore. Uh, do you have the right change? I don't carry change. I just use a debit card. That's how my marriage is. Nothing could change, so I just I just use a debit card. Keep her happy. What do you want now? You want that dress? All right, there's a dress. Here, here, here. Swipe the card. Put the card in. Put the chip in. I'll make you happy. I'll make you your carne asada here. Carne asada. Whatever. Because you don't think anything could change. And the Bible says in Psalm 127, verse 1, he says right there, unless the Lord builds a house, the work of the builders is wasted. So in other words, if you're trying to make it happen, you're trying to make it happen, it's wasted. But if you do it God's way, oh my gosh, you're going to build an amazing home. Unless... The Lord protects a city, guarding it with sentries will do no good. He's saying, you could have all the guards you want, but I'm telling you, unless the Lord's the one protecting it, it's going to fall apart. And that's why some of you are in the mess you're in, because you've just given up. It's just like, yeah, right, yeah, right. I mean, think of the transformation in this room. I mean, I look, I look out, I can't see everybody, but man, the people, I, I could see a lot of you, and I know how messed up you were a few months ago or a few years ago. I know how messed up I was. I was a guy that my wife wanted to leave, and now she's like, I I never want to leave you. I never want to lose you. I hope we stay together forever and ever. It wasn't always like that. 
you say, que te vas y te vas, you know, that you're leaving now, leave, you know. Because you know what? We had some issues. I had issues, she had issues, we both had issues. And all of a sudden, on September the 1st of 1980, we both accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior and our Lord the same night. I had been praying for a new wife. No, literally. I, I didn't know. I, I didn't, like, I didn't really know, okay, God, give me Cindy, but, like, revived anew. And she wasn't really praying, give me Richard revived anew. She was just saying, God, I, I don't know if I can stay in this marriage anymore. God, I, I, I really didn't sign up for this. And I know I, I had married a wino dino and a dingbat. I, 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 God, I, I really wish I had a different kind of husband. And God got a hold of us. And you know what? He gave me back the new and improved model. She was the same on the outside, but man, transformed on the inside. I mean, God got a hold of my wife and transformed her life. And she prayed for me, and God got a hold of my life and transformed my life. And she's like, oh, my gosh. I love you, Richard, and I love you, Cindy. Man, quit acting like a brat. That's what I told her, and that's what she told me. And then we started growing up. We started maturing in our marriage. We started maturing in our walk with God. And we started maturing with the Word of God. And we started maturing in the things that God had and the things that God is. And this is what he wants. And that's why he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 through 19, he says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old is gone, a new life has begun. Let me tell you something. God can give you a new marriage with the same woman or the same man, but transformed into his image. Not to get a divorce and try another one out, but to really be able to be transformed into the newness of Christ. And he says right there, and all this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sin against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So God has given us the message of reconciliation. So when your wife is acting like an idiot or your husband's acting like an idiot, reconcile them back to God and back to you. Don't push them away. But instead say, Lord, my wife needs you right now. She's obviously going through something because this isn't how she usually acts. And I don't know what's wrong with my husband, but he's acting like he usually doesn't. So something's happened. And I'm telling you, you could have great victory in your life and in your marriage and in your relationship. But you got to start with what I ended up with, and that's the Lord. And if you don't have Jesus, that's why you have a mess on your hands. So if you really 
have never surrendered to Jesus and you want to do that, raise your hand and say, you know what, Pastor? I want to do that tonight. I want to surrender to him. I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. Is there anyone here that wants to do that tonight? Well, then, would you, all of you stand with us? And let's take time to pray. We're not going to belong this thing, and, but, but let's take time to pray. So don't walk out without your blessing. If you need prayer about it, it might be something else. Maybe you're sick, you're going through something. Maybe you're going through a big challenge with your children or your parents or someone that you love. But I invite you right now to make your way up to the altar. We have some prayer warriors. Prayer warriors, would you come to the altar and stand here so that they could come up to you and pray and say, you know what, I, I need some help, guys. I'm going through it. I'm going through the fire. I am going through the fire, and I need, I need a mighty move of the Holy Spirit of God. So ask God to minister to you. Make your way up. Just let them know, hey, can you pray about this? You don't have to go into all the detail. Just tell them, I, I just need prayer about this. Would you stand with me and agree? Would you believe with me and say, God, thank you for what you're doing? Some of you are going through a challenging time because you lost loved ones. They passed away and you're broken. Some of you are, are facing that. Your loved ones are very sick. I don't know what you're up against, but if you want prayer, make your way up. But sing this out as a prayer of hope. Sing it out and say, Lord, I do, Lord. I stand in the midst of your presence. Oh, I'm overwhelmed by your mercy and love. Just thank him for what he's doing. Oh, there is no God greater than you, Lord. You're the greatest of all, Lord. Thank you. So give him your problems. Give him, cast all your cares upon him. Lord, I'm releasing this pain to you. I'm releasing this pain. Sing this next verse as a prayer and say, God, I'm just overwhelmed, Lord. Proclaim it, declare it, and say, there's no one higher than you, Lord. You, Lord God. If you need someone to pray with you, just say, would you pray with me? Maybe they're right next to you. Just say, would you pray with me? I'm overwhelmed. I'm so broken. My marriage needs a miracle. My relationships need a miracle. Lord, I'm facing an issue that is overwhelming. I'm ready to walk, Lord. I'm ready to walk from work. I'm ready to quit school. I'm ready to quit this relationship. You're, you're overwhelmed by the burden. 
But say, God, I thank you. There is no one greater than you. Thank you, Father, that you are the greatest of all. I want you to look into your life right now and say, Heavenly Father, you've shown me some things about me tonight that I need to deal with. And instead of focusing on someone else that sets me off and kind of triggers me, I need to focus on me, on what it is that's triggering me. So God, please forgive me for falling short. Forgive me for blaming it on everyone else. And Lord, even if they're doing some things that are really aggravating and agitating, God, show me what I need to do to have victory and to bring glory to your name. That I would not react in a way that would bring more pain to my life or to the life of those around me. But Lord, to really bring wholeness and healing. I thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you've shown me tonight. And now I pray that, Lord, you could begin working on me so that, God, I can leave here in your hands. And, Lord God, you who began a good work in me is faithful to complete it. I pray in Christ's glorious name and God's people said amen. amen. God bless all of you online and all of you in-house. We love you, church. God bless you. Greet somebody on the way out.